You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're back on Hockey Prospect Radio with Mike McMahon from the College Hockey News and College Hockey Insider. Read his substack. I want to ask you about some drafted players in college hockey. First off is the continued development of Red Savage. Interesting player in the respect that, you know, went through the U.S. national team, um, kind of like flew under the radar because there was a lot of top-end players there, went to Ohio um, for two years, and now is at Michigan State. And, you know, his numbers haven't been great, but his overall game is reliable. So like the, I guess the concern is like for you know, Detroit Red Wings on his rights or any other team looking at him is, does he have enough offensive instincts and, you know, I guess offensive ability to play in a third line in the NHL, or is he going to be on a fourth line, but a really reliable player off the puck in that respect, in terms of energy and, you know, willingness and battle and enough hockey sense and skating ability to play the NHL level on the fourth line. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch because I think his his offensive numbers have ticked up a little bit this year at Michigan State. He started at Miami, transferred to Michigan State this year. It's a good Michigan State team, too. So he's definitely surrounded by some better players at Michigan State than he was at at Miami. Uh, But he's been an important part of of their turnaround this year. Michigan State right now is one of the top five teams in the country, uh, almost guaranteed to make the NCAA tournament. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how well his game will translate right away to, in that third, fourth, in that fourth line role. Um, but I think the offensive ability is starting to come around. He, he strikes me as a guy that is a little bit more of a of a late bloomer. Uh, and, and sometimes it happens with guys, right, where like they they kind of emerge as a 22, 23 year old as opposed to a 20 year old. Right. You know, and he just, he, and he's only 20 years old. He doesn't turn 21 until May. So, and he's a guy that, you know, whether, you know, the Red Wings sign him at the end of the year, if they do, then he goes off and he'll go play in Grand Rapids. Or does he, you know, do a fourth year at Michigan State and become a free agent from that standpoint? So that's, that's interesting to see from that standpoint. When I, especially when I saw him like in international competition, like at U18s or or twice the U20. So you know the Americans brought him in twice um, to play because the, you know both coaches had said to me he was like, he's so reliable and he's such a Swiss Army knife. We can put him with a whole bunch of players and he'll just take care of the the greasy, dirty things that a lot of other players just don't take care of. And we just need to have that on one like on a line where we could just rely on somebody to block shots or take hits to make plays or dig pucks out or forecheck like a madman, right? Like just sort of the things that coaches look for away from the puck that, you know, matter from that standpoint. And that's where I think maybe his value lies. And that's, that's where I just, I'm, I'm like you, I'm unsure about that offensive potential once that turns pro, but we'll see. Uh, another player I want to ask you about, and I think he is the greatest name in hockey and, I hope he makes the NHL is Gunnar Wolf Fontaine, a draft pick from the Nashville Predators at Northeastern University. And he's in his senior year, you know, came through the Chicago Steel for a couple of years. And when we talk about development, long-term development, this is what I really mean. This is a guy who's going to turn 24 in September. Like when we talk about CHL players coming in the NCAA, there is a perfect example of that, of like a freshman coming in at 20 and graduating at 23 or 24. Um, thoughts about what he's done this year with North e- Northeastern, because he's another guy who, because he's a late bloomer, 
you know, and he's not the biggest guy, but might find a way to like get those cups of coffees in the NHL, you know, just find a way to will himself into an NHL lineup every once in a while. Yeah. Really high compete player. That That's what, what I, I think it starts is that high motor. Uh, obviously he's had a, a knack for scoring some big goals, scored the game winner in the bean pot this past week for right. Northeastern yep. and overtime. Uh, he's done that a couple times with, with some of these overtime winners, but just a really highly comp- competitive kid who, uh, who just works real hard. I mean, that, and that's it's kind of the same thing with Savage, right? Like that's the thing that may get him some cups of coffee uh, in the NHL. It might be what gets him some, some playing time, you know, in a, in a fourth line role, because he's just going to, he's going to go out there and do whatever, whatever you need him to do. Uh, and he's a really highly competitive kid who skates well and he's quick and he's fast. So it's not like he's going to be a step behind the play. I think he can carve a rollout for himself at the pro level because of that. Like some guys just are missing that piece. They can score goals, but they can't do anything else. Uh, he's not that type of player. He, he can kind of do a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah. And I could, I could see him developing into a role like that where he becomes, you know, kind of that, that four Utility guy. player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a guy that everybody like cheers for as well. Cause he, like he's five foot nine, but he doesn't think he's five foot nine. No. You know, and he doesn't care. Right. So there's like, there's a, there's will is a skill. And I think he's going to mm-hmm. will himself into those situations where, He's going to get opportunities potentially at the NHL level. And you look at him and go, God, I wish he was six foot tall, right? Or six foot one. Cause he's just, you know, obviously more projectable in a lot of different areas, but sometimes guys just find a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's guys like coaches like John Tortorella will go, geez, it's hard not to have him in the lineup. Cause he's just like, you love the spark he brings and what, how that translates to the rest of the team from that standpoint. So, you know, for me, I think that's, he's a really interesting player to watch going in. Um, and he's going to be 24 at school. He's very, very mature, right? He's not a 20 year old kid coming into the American hockey league. You don't have to worry about him. Like he can take care of himself. He'll, you know, he'll be a pro immediately. Yeah. So it's low maintenance. That's another factor. You know, when you have low maintenance players who are like high energy, that makes a difference too as well. So I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm, you know, I'm gunning for him. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been a big part of Northeastern's turnaround too. They they've turned yeah. it on here in the last couple of weeks, and he's been a big reason why. Hundred percent. Let's talk about Scott Morrow. Now he was going into the draft one of the interesting player, most interesting player that was on my list because um, I fully admitted I have a really hard time like scouting high school players because I don't see it very often. So I have a, like trying to gauge where they would fit within their peer group. It's harder for me to figure that out. And I mean, obviously he had has offensive talent, like it's a, it's excellent in that respect thoughts on this third year at UMass. And you think his game is rounded out a little bit more in terms of just being that high school kid that came into the NCAA like gangbusters and just took it over in terms of offensive ability. Has he rounded out his game enough where you feel comfortable when he does turn pro that, it's going to be an easier transition for him as well. I think so. Yeah. And that's been the biggest thing for him over the last couple of years. Cause his first year, it was, it was offense, 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 offense. And yeah. you know, UMass was at a point where they, they needed that from him, him and Ryan Ufko, who they were playing together yep. at one point. Now they've been split apart and they're not necessarily D partners anymore. Uh, but they were kind of leading the charge offensively and needed to uh, that, that first year, the last couple, you know, this past year and definitely this year, uh, he's definitely become more of a two-way defenseman, which is obviously going to help him at the next level. 
there's a lot of projectable things there with him, his size, skating ability. But I think his his playoff the puck has improved to a point where you know it, it's much it's much more it's easier to look at him and, and kind of see what that NHL role is going to be. Whereas his freshman year, it was so heavy on the offense and, and not that he struggled off the puck, but it definitely wasn't his strength. Now it feels like, uh, you know, he's a much better two-way defenseman now than he was two years ago. Yeah, certainly. You talked about his size. He's 6'2", he's close to 200 pounds. He's a right-handed shot. And how many like NHL teams are screaming for like right-handed shot, particularly guys who eat, like he'll have the capability of running a power play. Now, oh, yeah. whether, whether it's a first unit or a second unit, that's to be determined. But it was really about, okay, what's this off-puck play? And then can he defend and have him in a top four role, like a second second pairing D? Because if you can't, then he's a specialized player, right? And that's, you know, you want to have greater value in terms of that. And the other thing, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't realize is he's a late birthday. And so by the time he hits November, he's going to be 22, So also not a 20-year-old kid that's coming into the American Hockey League. I mean, that time frame is spreading out because I think, like, he went into UMass, and I think he was, like, he was 19 and then turned. Right. So, I mean, that's a big difference. And we talk about, you know, the 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds coming in as freshmen and how they have an advantage once they turn pro comparative to, say, some kid who leaves at, you know, leaves at 20 to go play pro in college hockey. So, that's why I like seeing this, the journeys with the college hockey players that are drafted and how that developmental cycle sort of changes from that standpoint. So for me, it's it's a really fascinating development from that standpoint. But once again, Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate the insight. Um, look forward to speaking to Tech uh, next week, and we'll see how this whole NCAA, CHL thing transpires and how much pushback we continue to get. Sounds good. Talk to you later, Mike. Take care. We'll uh, take a short break. We'll be back right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. 